This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I am the sideshow, the warm-up act, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the man of the hour, the main geezer, Statman Dave Roberts. Dave, welcome back. Uh, thanks, Sideshow uh, Bromley. <laughs> Sideshow Bromley, I like it. Sideshow Bob. Um, how's your week been, Dave? Uh, yeah, two back-to-back wins for Burnley. It's been a little I bit know. of uh, an upturn after a couple of poor results, a couple of really good results, and it's um, yeah, everyone's uh, happy, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I'm I'm not interested in any Burnley games now unless there's a three-nil scoreline, preferably in our favour. <laughs> I mean, that might be something we should get you looking at, actually. It's like, has that happened before where we've had, like, three consecutive same scorelines? Well, I look, well I'm spoiling it now, but I, I did tweet out Ooh. earlier in the week that the last time we'd had um, consecutive wins in the top flight by three or more goals to nil uh, was back in 1966, the first two games of the 19, uh, 1966-67 season. I think it was Sheffield United and Fulham off the top of my head. There were two home games. We had a 4-0 win and a 3-0 win. That was the last time going back we had two top flight wins by three or more goals with clean sheets. So what about the same result? Have we had that before? Because like we've had 3-0, 3-0, 3-0, 3-0, 3 back back. Oh, I don't know about that. Obviously, we lost one. That's setting me yeah. homework. I'll have to look at that. That's the homework I'm going to set you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a cracking result down at Watford. And uh, I think it was one that we, we thought we would win, but just, I guess, the manner of the victory just came as a bit of a surprise, I think. Oh, uh, particularly the second half as well. I mean, I, I kind of, um, it, well, in, in terms of, the way the game panned out is very similar to the uh, West Ham game going back to March 2018. Um, and that coincidentally was the last time we'd won away from home um, and kept a clean sheet. So that's going back, I think it was 35 games. It was a, a long streak. We'd obviously had away wins. We'd had six away wins in that time. And we'd had clean sheets. There'd been four nil-nil draws. But we hadn't had the two. We hadn't had a um, an away win and a clean sheet since 
that West Ham game. And there were parallels between it, I think. The fact that um, it was nil-nil at half-time, fairly tight, not a lot in it. And then Burnley came into the second half and uh, well, re- really did the business, got the goals and got the nose in front and then uh, pushed on. And very similar at Watford in terms of the way that game panned out. Wow, interesting stuff. I love it. Okay, well, let's let's move on with the show. Otherwise, we're going to be sat here gossiping about uh, Watford results all the time. Now, I believe, young Dave, before we get on to the stats for our this week's opposition, I believe you've got an apology. Dave? Well, we have got a couple of apologies. Um, when we discussed the Watford match in our last preview show, it was mentioned uh, that we'd sold out of our tickets, but that wasn't the case. Some had been returned. I think there were a few... Um, there and there were tickets available on the day, so we hadn't sold out for uh, for Watford. Um, and also, I'd neglected to mention uh, Danny Drinkwater in the played for both section. It had slipped my mind that he was one of the players who'd uh, previously played for the Hornets on loan. Dave, Dave, Dave. Oh well, never mind. Let's move on with the quid question because you've got um, an answer to give. Now, last preview show, we asked our listeners the question. Who was Burnley's manager for the Clarets' first ever visit to Vicarage Road to play a league match against Watford? And what was the year? Dave, what was the answer? Uh, Well, our history against Watford only goes back to 1971. And so the Burnley manager for our first visit to Vicarage Road in November of that year was Jimmy Adamson. Ah, did we get any right answers, Dave? Uh, I didn't see any on Twitter, unless we did. We have any DMs through? We on, did, uh, on yes. Ah. Uh, just bear with me one second. For that. Uh, wait, phew. Uh, usual suspects who came through our Twitter DMs. Peter Jones got the correct answer. Jimmy Adamson, 1971. Rob Thomas got it. These both got them pretty quickly, actually. Um, uh, Rob Thomas, uh, quiz answer is Jimmy Adamson, 2 1 loss in 1971. Now, John Robertson, Claret Crumpet. We stumped him. We stumped him, yay! <laughs> We've been trying to get Paul and poor John all season because he's always first over the line to get the question right. He sent us a message saying, quiz question, absolutely stumped. Not too good on managers that far back. I pre- assume it's pre-pots and the only two I know are Pickles and Howarth. Do Pickles? So Pickles would be my guess. Good question. Great win today. Up the Clarets indeed. No, sorry, John. That was an from us um, and we also had an email in from ah from our friend Bryn Jones friend of the show who says hi Natalie and the non and ever team I believe the Burnley manager for our first ever league meeting at Vicarage Road was Jimmy Adamson ding correct Bryn um, Watford had spent most of their life in the lower leagues it was only when Burnley found themselves in the old division two and Watford had risen to that league that we met for the first time it was 48 years ago almost the day on the 20th of November 1971 that we lost 2-1 with our goal coming from Frank Casper 48 years later, it was great to celebrate our 3-0 victory today. Amen to that, Bryn Jones. Statman Dave, I think you've got a, a contender for your crowd there. That was some very intricate knowledge from from, uh, from our friend Bryn there. Very detailed, yeah, very good. <laughs> it is. Well, we're going to return to our quiz Um Oh, actually, no, we're not this time, are we? Um, bear no. in mind, listeners, that this week we are um, doing back-to-back shows because we have City away, uh, City at home, sorry, on Tuesday. So Dave and I are going to record the preview show for the City game directly after the Palace one, um, and we're going to save our quiz question for that one because I just don't think there's going to be enough time in between the Palace and City games to get the answers in. So we're going to tease you this week, and we are going to do the quiz question after the City preview show. Opposition stats. 
So let's move on to our main feature then, Dave. Saturday, 30th November, 3pm kickoff, the Clarets face Crystal Palace at home. Dave, why don't you kick us off and tell us all about our opposition? Yeah, well, there was an amateur team known as Crystal Palace as early as 1861. um, And they also took part, this Crystal Palace team, um, in the first ever FA Cup in 1871-72. But the club disbanded a few years later in the mid-1870s. Um, in 1895, the FA decided that the FA Cup would be played at a sports stadium in the grounds of the Crystal Palace in London. And it was eventually decided in 1905, that's 10 years after that, to set up a new club to play there. Despite wanting to join the league immediately, this new club, called Crystal Palace, lost out to Chelsea and remained in the Southern League until they were finally admitted to the Football League Third Division for the 1920-21 season. But they were a different club. They, they uh, On their crest and on their um, website, they've got their start as 1895 when the modern club, well, modern, more modern club, was started. But there was an older team going back quite a few years uh, before that. Ah, oh, that is good knowledge. I do like proper history like that. That's really interesting. Um, so moving on to the, the modern club then, who we are going to focus on. Um, any nicknames, Dave? Uh, Well, as well as being referred to as Palace, uh, the Londoners are also known as the Eagles, uh, but this is a comparatively recent change during the mid-1970s. Before that, the Palace were known as the Glaziers, and that's a reference to the Crystal Palace building, which was constructed in 1851 in Hyde Park for the Great Exhibition. It was later moved, lock, stock and barrel, to Penge Common, uh, and it stood there from 1854 until 1936, when it was destroyed by a fire. Ooh, that is good. Dave, these are good facts this week. I'm, I'm loving Crystal Palace's history. Um, well, let's move on to their team then. Who is their all-time goal scorer, please? Uh, Peter Simpson. He was a striker for Palace between 1929 and 1935. Um, he had a fairly impressive scoring rate. He scored 165 goals in 195 appearances, and he still tops their list of all-time goal scorers. Uh, the top goal scorer for Crystal Palace in games against Burnley is a little bit more up to date, and that's Clinton Morrison, who scored five times. Excellent. Now, what about the heaviest Burnley defeat then? Uh, well, there's only actually been four uh, defeats uh, for Christ- uh, for Burnley when Crystal Palace have come to turf more. Uh, three of those were by a single goal. Uh, so it's actually last season's meeting at turf more, which is our heaviest home defeat. Um, in that game, there was an own goal in the first half by Phil Bardsley, and that was followed by goals for on-loan Chelsea striker Michi Bashuai and also Wilfred Zaha. Uh, Ashley Barnes grabbed a late consolation goal in a disappointing 3-1 defeat. OK, well, let's let's up the, the mood then. What about the biggest Burnley win? Uh, an impressive one, this. Our Ooh. biggest home win over Crystal Palace is also our joint biggest win against any club. Uh, there have been four separate... Nine nil wins in the past for Burnley, nine and one nil. of those nine oh. nil, yes, and one of those happened to be against Crystal Palace. Uh, this was way back in 1909, and it was Palace's first ever visit to Turf Moor, uh, and it was an FA Cup second round replay. At uh, the first match at Crystal Palace was a nil nil draw. Uh, and gave no clue of the goal rush that would come at Turf Moor just four days later. Well, quite. Um, What about Burnley's last win then, please, Dave? Uh, Yeah, our last home win over Crystal Palace was in September 2017. 
Uh, Chris Woods scored in just the third minute of that game on his full debut. He'd also played at uh, Tottenham, hadn't he? To come on as a sub and oh, score yes, at Tottenham. Course. Played in his full debut. That was at Turf Moor, and that was the only goal of that game. Burnley won one nil. Oh, excellent. Well, we've already discussed last season's meeting in the heaviest defeat section. So why don't we move on to um, Palace's manager, please? Who's at the helm? Uh, well, 72-year-old former England manager Roy Hodgson has been in charge at Crystal Palace for just over two years. Uh, that's since September 2017. Um, I've only just mentioned Burnley's home win over Palace in September 2017. And it was following that defeat that Palace decided to part company with Frank de Boer uh, and bring in Roy Hodgson to replace him. Uh, do you know, I never thought that Hodgson would last, you know. I always thought that he would just be really rubbish but he's, he's probably they were struggling around. weren't yeah, they? Well, they were and I really didn't think that he was a man to take over especially as he'd, he'd sort of left the England job under a bit of a cloud really and his reputation had been tarnished a little bit so I'm quite surprised at how well they've done since I think he's he's definitely steadied the ship a little bit isn't he although I still don't think Palace are fulfilling their true potential yet but that's a conversation for another day um what about some head-to-head stats then please Dave Okay, our overall home record against Crystal Palace stands at played 24, won 13, drawn 7 and lost 4. Our win percentage of 54.2% is better than the combined all-time average against the other 19 teams in this season's Premier League, which stands at just over 50%. Uh, For top flight home matches only, uh, there's never been a draw at Turf Moor. There's been six matches, Burnley have won 4 and lost 2. Oh, wow, that's interesting. That's funny, that, isn't it? No draws at all. Um, so what about the, the, the players then, Dave? Have we Do we have any players who've played for both? A uh, reasonable number, yeah. Uh, these players have all represented Burnley and Crystal Palace since the Second World War. You may recognise uh, m- many of these. Uh, Dele Adibola, Adiakim Bay, Patrick Bamford, uh, Leon Court, Ian Cox, Mark Harris, Gabor Kirai, Ian Lawson, Alan Lee, Damian Matthew, Nick McCopolis, John Oster, Paul Stewart, Gareth Taylor and Ian Right, Right, Right. Oh, you love it when you can say that. I do get excited when I see Ratty's name on there. In well, he's in the news at the moment, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. Mm. Losing his cool because he's getting hungry, which is hilarious. <laughs> I think he's going he's gonna to definitely have a bit of a tantrum soon, isn't he? Um, OK, then finally then, Dave, looking at the game at the weekend, who is referee and who's the man in the middle? Uh, we've got Peter Banks. He'll be the referee on uh, Saturday. He's only recently been promoted to the PGMOL select list of referees. That was over this summer. Um, and What's this that, will only be What's that, a PGMOL uh, select list of referees? Professional group. Uh, I can't remember what it stands for now. It's basically the, the Premier League's um, select group of referees. They have obviously a big roster of referees. They have a group who are sort of set aside as refereeing predominantly Premier League matches, although they do also referee in the other divisions as well. And I think Peter Banks must have been refereeing uh, more in the Championship than the the Premier League, uh, because this will only be his third Premier League match. We've obviously, we're 13 matches into the season. This is only his third one, despite being on the uh, select list. So maybe they sort of ease them in to begin with. That that might be the case. Oh, well. Um, He's He's been in charge of two previous Burnley matches in the Championship. Um, there's a 2-1 away win at Rotherham in October 2015. That was a, a Friday night match, if I remember rightly. And it was also the first match that Burnley Football Club tried out its comms cam feature, wow. which uh, I remember because uh, they set it up at half-time and I was doing the commentary with Phil Bird for that game. And uh, it's like, oh, what's this? 
and uh, uh, Nicola, who uh, did the videography, then she uh, said, "Oh no, we're just setting up a, a camera." It's like, "Oh, all right then," and that's uh, quite a popular. I that was quite that's, terrifying, uh, actually. Thing. Yeah, we weren't warned. They had no warning. And <laughs> um, he was also the referee at Ipswich later that same season. That was obviously our 2015-2016 promotion season. Uh, but that was a nil-nil draw at Ipswich in January 2016. As they're the only two previous games that he's uh, refereed where Burnley been involved. Uh, Anthony Taylor will be the uh, VAR at Stockley Park, helping him out on the uh, old video. Excellent. Or hindering him, depending on which way you want to Mm -hmm. look at that one. Um, Grand stuff. Well, I'm sure that's not all you have up your sleeve, young Dave Roberts, because I know you and I know that Bible of stats that you have. Uh, You're going to give us something juicier than that. So why don't you let us have your miscellaneous stat of the week. Statman Dave's stat of the week. Okay, in August 2003, Stan Turnett's last season in charge at Burnley, Crystal Palace were the visitors to Burnley on the opening day of the season. On a scorching hot day, Palace were reduced to 10 men after just 10 minutes when Wayne Routledge was sent off. And despite finishing the match with just nine men, after the dismissal late on of Sean Derry, the visitors still won 3-2. But... On a more positive note, I also wanted to share a more general stat relating to top flight wins. Burnley's win at Watford last weekend was our 56th top flight victory since we were promoted to the Premier League in 2009. And this now equals the total number of top flight wins the club achieved in the old first division during the whole of the 1970s. Oh, that's a good fact. I like that about the, the win ratio. Where do you find this information, Dave? You're like the encyclopedia. Oh, it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. It's spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, obviously, we, we, we've hit those stats now, Dave, but generally speaking, how are you feeling about the game on Saturday? Are you feeling confident for Claret's win? Um, I think maybe the only concerns um, uh, Ashley Westwood suspension. I know you touched on this in the uh, the, the uh, podcast after the Watford game. One of the the negatives is that we we are going to lose him for a game with uh, his fifth yellow card. Um, um, we're obviously going to have to replace him um, in in midfield. Whether that means possibly bringing Danny Drinkwater in or reshuffling the pack, uh, we're not too. Not too sure about that. I'm sure we'll we'll find out an hour before uh, kick off on Saturday. But that's maybe the only concern. So I think Ashley Westwood has been an important um, player for us uh, last season and also yeah. this season. Um, and I think we miss something when he's not in the team. So that might be the only concern. Other than that, you know, we we've, we're on a decent run. We've had a couple of good wins. Um, we you know we, we should go into the game reasonably positive for a, for a home game. So. Um, we're capable of scoring goals. I don't think Crystal Palace score too many. Oh, God, Dave, um, you've jinxed us. So we'll be us hoping now. for a positive result. <laughs> what are you saying? You've jinxed <laughs> us. Um, I mean, obviously, I know we talked about it on the podcast. I think un- unanimously, we were all very much of the opinion that um, Drinkwater just wasn't going to start. Um, I know, obviously, you've alluded to that a little bit in yours. Uh, do you th- do you think there's any part of you that thinks he might start? Or do you think the best we can hope for is a sub-appearance? Um, it's possible, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, we don't see him in training every week. I think we have to, we have to uh, bow to the better judgment of the uh, uh, Sean Dyche and the staff who see them day in day out at, um, at Gawthorpe and and see how they do in training. So they'll know whether he's uh, up to a start or whether he's going to be a um, a bench player on Saturday. Yeah, I, I just can't see him doing that. I think for me, you never really know which 
um, Palisades going to turn up, do you? You could get them firing at all cylinders. You could have Sahar in the mood for it, and they could score a bag full, and it wouldn't be a huge surprise if he got beat. But then, similarly, they can be a bit hot and cold, and they've not exactly lit the Premier League alight this season, I don't think. So it's going to be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it, actually. I think um, I think it's it's going to be a good test for our resilience that we've been showing for this season. I don't know where we get to with that, but let's see. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, so the second half of our show, we are going to concentrate on the much-coveted and much-loved and highly competitive Known and Never Fantasy Premier League. Dave, there's been some movement again, hasn't there? Why don't you let us fill us in on who the movers and shakers are in our fantasy? Can I just stop there? Listeners, I'm really sorry. Are you... You may have actually realised that I sound absolutely terrible. I've really come down with a really bad cold and I'm trying to soldier through the podcast and I feel like I need to acknowledge the fact that I really sound quite terrible. So apologise if this is quite jarring on the ears. I'm going to hand over to Dave to talk us properly through the Premier League <laughs> fantasy football with the hope to get some um, dulcet tones, shall we say. Yeah, in terms of the fantasy uh, Premier League, there's been some movement again at the top of, the, uh, of, the, of our league. Um, our new leader is a name we've mentioned previously, and that's Tall Paul, with the name of his team also Tall Paul. Um, John Sutcliffe's Subculture FC remains in second place, um, and Bennett Howarth's role in the Deitch uh, slips down from the top to third place. But it's still very tight up there. There's just 16 points separating the top three teams. Um, on our, our very own Richard Steele, he was on the main podcast on Tuesday, uh, he's now up to fifth place, so he's still on the rise. Um, and he's now just nine points behind third place. So we may well see some change in our next updates. It is still quite tight up there with the teams in the top you know, eight to ten places. Yeah. Um, in terms of just last week on its own, uh, Megan Pollard's team, uh, Liver Clarets, uh, picked up the most points during the last game week with 85. Excellent. So he's doing well, is young Richard, isn't he? He's, uh, he's doing well to get up there. Where are we, Dave? Let's have a look. Oh. Uh, I went up slightly. I was up from 137th, 131st. I think you I went did. up a couple of places last week. I think well. I promised our listeners that I was going to go up five places, um, and I've gone up two, three, three places. Well, that's not too bad. I'm still up. I'm not bottom. I am not bottom. Right. Can I just say, though, that I did loads of stuff to my team last week, and I still only got 54 points. That's rubbish. This is a silly game. <laughs> it really is. Um Okay, Dave, what about the dream team? What players have been doing well this week? Uh, yeah, in terms of the dream team, uh, James Tarkovsky made it into the game week 13 dream team. He scored a goal. He got an assist and also a clean sheet. Plus, he got three bonus points, but he did pick up a yellow card. Uh, but with 17 points, he was the highest point scorer of any player in last weekend's matches. Uh, this also took him up to 56 points for the season to date, making him the highest Burnley scorer now. He's leapfrogged uh, the likes of uh, Dwight McNeil, who were up there, Chris Wood, Nick Pope, and he's got into first place in terms of the uh, Burnley players. Oh, wow, that is really good. I think Jamie Vardy is still leading the line as the uh, as the dream as the, the head of the dream team. We're just looking at this, this Burnley selection now. God, yeah, he has. McNeil was top for quite a few weeks, actually, but Pope's done well to, to pick over there as well. Exciting stuff. Uh, well, we will be keeping an eye on the, the Fantasy League. Um, we're going to probably 
leave it for the City game, given that obviously it's quite a short time scale. I'm not really sure how quickly we can calculate the points anyway. Um, so we're going to have a look at the next update during the previous show for the trip to Spurs, which is next Friday. Um, although we're going to give you, like I say, a separate preview show for the midweek match at home to City before then. So, before we leave you this week, as we're doubling up and we're doing two preview shows in quick succession for the home games against Palace on Saturday, and then obviously followed very quickly by the midweek match against City, we're just going to set the one quiz question. But you'll need to listen to our net preview show for the next one for that. Ah, little tease, Dave Roberts. Uh, but we will get the, the City preview live probably on Sunday, so you'll be able to, to tune in for the quiz question then. Um that's all we've got time for this week and um, hopefully my illness will have improved by the time we do the City preview um, but Godspeed to all Clarets who are making the way to Turf Moor this weekend for that trip um, from uh, travelling Crystal Palace fans um, cheer the boys on, I'm sure that they will deserve it and they'll give you a performance to remember um, a little bit of a pre-Christmas boost and hopefully we'll be able to, to take those three points that would be fantastic um, thanks to producer Matt for helping us edit this podcast and putting it all together um, but my sincere thanks as ever go to Statman Dave he works so hard to get all this information together and um, I just love it I love the preview show it's my favourite thing and it's all down to, to young Dave so thanks Dave um, so yeah we will be back for a, a midweek special in preparation for that game on Tuesday against City um, and yeah if you've got any suggestions or comments in the meantime you know how to get in touch with us and we'll be back with the quiz by then um, this has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.